0: And also uh, spoke with Ruth Ann Morgan uh, today, and Ruth Ann has been in the hospital. Uh, didn't realize that she'd been in the hospital for about a week. She had uh, congestive heart failure, and uh, she has just got home and doing better. So uh, just continue to remember her, Lord, in prayer. She's had um, a, a heap of medical issues and problems um, here uh the last even few years and so uh pray for Ruth Ann if you would Did somebody say something I'm sorry Ruth Ann Morgan yep yep Um so if you would just uh just pray for uh, pray for her uh as well and then uh just just before we came to church um um Luke called uh that's uh Emma's fiance and he was in a car accident um he is okay so praise the lord for that uh, but, uh, they are completely and utterly distressed because the car is totaled. And so, um, just, just completely, completely wrecked the car. And, um, the other car didn't have much of even a debt on it. Uh, but, uh, uh his car, uh, he's got to take to work, uh, is totaled. And so, um, the good news, I keep telling him this, the good news is he's walking away it could have been a lot worse and so uh just pray that all that gets worked out uh he is uh on, i think on his dad's insurance uh <laughs> you want you want to know something that's that's wild tomorrow his registration was up tomorrow on his car and um so I you know lord's worked out a whole bunch of things i know he'll work that out too uh just pray for him uh and uh pray that that all uh that it'll all work out and um And that, of course, he's got to get back and back into to work and Emma's got to get back into to work. And so uh, just pray for them if you would. And uh, I know that they appreciate your prayers uh, for them. Let's open up a word of prayer. And uh, then uh, I'm going to ask Brother Green to come and uh, and then um, uh, looking forward uh, to. uh, to tonight. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for all that you do for us and the many blessings uh, you do provide for us each and every day. Uh, Lord, you're a great God, and we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for your watch care. I pray that you would just uh, bless our services tonight. Uh, bless uh, Pastor Green. I pray that you give him the words to say. Uh, give us open ears, open hearts to receive exactly what you'd have for us from your word tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us to have a part in Direct Line Ministries, Lord, and uh, the uh, scriptures and, uh, and joy bags and all that goes on uh, uh, here and around the world. Lord, we're so thankful for uh, being able to have a part in it. We'll love you and thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Greg.
1: Well, we are so excited to be here and I'm so thankful that uh, I get to be a part of this service tonight And uh, I want to introduce my wife. Where is my wife? She's way back yonder way back there stand up This is my wife ginger. Uh, We've been on a journey together for 31 years almost and so I figured I'd keep her after a couple uh, Surgeries and all that goes on in life. You start to cost too much to get rid of people, right? And uh, it's gonna be a long ride home tonight, but uh I I love her and thank God for her. She's such a help to me, and I'm praising the Lord for it. I am Tom Green, the pastor of Temple Baptist Church, and uh, the Lord brought us here a couple years ago, three years ago in fact in February, and uh, God has done some great things. Good to see Brother and Sister Ward here tonight, and uh, they're ours, and uh, I'm thankful, Brother Spacek and Miss Spacek. They're ours, and Alexa is here tonight, so good to see all of them tonight, and, and so you can't keep them. I know you want to keep them, but you can't keep them, and uh, they were ours first, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's a good thing we're not having a business meeting tonight, amen? <laughs> uh, we'd have to fight over them, so, but they're precious people. Don't tell them this, but I wouldn't trade them for anything. Uh, but now, if you bribe me, I would, so... Uh, uh, they're precious people, and I mean that, and they know that. We're all friends over there. I love to kid around, and so I hope hope you don't get offended by that. But I want to say, Pastor Springer, thank you. I've been praying for you and your family as well, and and I'm excited to see this church and what God is doing. I've only been. They won't let me in the building whenever I come over here and give scriptures to you all. They never let me in the building. So, Brother Toby, thank you, and nice to meet your wife tonight. And and uh, so I asked her. I said, "How long have you been married?" She said, "150 years." And so. Uh, that's not true but it was close wasn't it and so uh (laughs) but anyway but uh, i'm I'm glad to be here and i'm so thankful i'm going to share a video this is our christmas joy bag video from last year we're excited about a lady that's come to us from South Carolina. She's put a really nice video together. I'll get that out to you and your pastor pretty soon. Uh, but she's finalizing some things in the, in the month of March uh, for our joy bag uh, video. And, boy, she's done such a good job. She's got all the nice equipment. This is on an, on an iPhone, so don't, uh, don't judge me, okay? And, uh, but we, we put this together last year. It gives you an idea about where your joy bags are going. Let me just say this real quick. Uh, last year the joy bags that you all brought to our place thank you so much for them we collected 7500 joy bags and we shipped them to eight different countries and the pictures I get back are wonderful I just I got back some pictures just recently and uh, we're seeing God allow people to get saved and uh, things happening in places that normally a missionary cannot go into but he'll use the joy bags to get in and uh, open the heart of a child, open the heart of the leaders of that community, the village, wherever they're at around the world and it's a thrill. I'll say more about the scriptures that you all do here in just a moment But I really appreciate those. We're in desperate need of Spanish. I think you all are putting Spanish together now. And, uh, man, that's a wonderful thing. And I love the fact that you are a part of that. And so I'm going to show this video, and I think the children are going to be dismissed, whatever pastor's doing on that. But uh, we'll show this video. It's not very long, but uh, we'll show it to you. All right, so let's do that.
2: For so many children, the most exciting part of the year is when the missionary rolls up into their village with the Christmas joy bags.
1: The smiles are so big and the love of God can be felt everywhere. To think that God could take a little bag of toys and encourage a child in such a way to put a smile on their face at Christmas time. What a blessing.
2: For many years, Direct Line Ministry has been shipping joy bags all around the world and the excitement never runs out.
1: The most important part of the joy bag is the scripture booklet placed in each bag. Each year we receive testimonies of children that come to Christ as a result of reading these scripture booklets along with their parents. We've even had some missionaries tell us that they've gone into brand new places, passed out the joy bags, preached the gospel, and churches were started as a result of this ministry.
2: What makes joy bags so special is the love that is put into each bag. Churches from all across the country donate the supplies and put the items in each bag based on the list on the brochure. After the bags are put together they are sent to our warehouse. This is where each bag will be checked and prepared for shipping by volunteers.
1: Volunteers from local New Testament churches come and help prepare each joy bag for shipping. They are the key for all of this to work. After being prepared and put in boxes they are shipped by trucks containers, and barrels all over the world. Volunteers travel to local New Testament churches and pick up the joy bags to bring them to the warehouse here in Statesboro.
2: The missionaries follow up with the children by visiting them in their homes, huts, or wherever they live to invite them and their families to attend church.
1: What makes it worth all the effort is the amount of children and parents who have been affected by the Christmas joy bags. Just recently, I received an email from a missionary who went into a particular village and preached the gospel. That day, as he distributed the joy bags and preached to the people, 76 parents and children came to know Jesus Christ as their savior.
2: How can you get involved? Call the office and ask about receiving joy bags, how to fill them, and you can also go to www.directlineministry.com click on the joy bag page and follow the instructions. We will promptly mail you the joy bags and brochures that explain step-by-step how to fill each bag.
1: There are drop-off locations in several states where the children's Christmas joy bags are picked up and collected. These locations are on our website.
2: We are so thankful for your help, prayer, and support. With your help together, We are influencing the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please have your joy bags completed by September 10th and delivered to their drop-off locations between September 12th and the 16th. For online joy bags, please have donations in by September 1st to give us time to put them together.
1: On behalf of all of us who work and volunteer at Direct Line Ministry, we want to say thank you for being a part of the Christmas joy bags. Thank you for putting a smile on a child's face this Christmas. God bless you. So thank you again for allowing us to uh, use your expertise and your... Uh, ministry here for the Christmas joy bags and uh, it's just such a blessing to see what God is doing and we have more going on at Direct Line Ministry Uh, we are uh, shipping right now and we're in the process of shipping four more containers last year we shipped 14 containers 226 tons of scriptures and supplies to missionaries around the world and uh, all the scriptures you've given me all of them have been designated and uh, what I mean by that is they're either heading out or they're already gone. And so what you're doing is uh, quite a blessing. And the shipment that you guys are finishing up concerning, uh, I believe, Spanish, uh, all of that will be going just as quickly as it gets done. It'll come to our warehouse. We'll get it processed and sent. And so uh, just wanna say thank you. Just wanted to come by and let you know that uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to serve with you and uh, your labor's not in vain. And I mean that, and I hope that you'll pray for us and pick up one of our cards over there and uh, just out there and just pray that God will continue to bless Direct Line Ministry. So for the next couple months, what, we're planning, what our plan is, our goal is to try to do two, two uh, containers a month and uh, to average that at least for the year. And uh, so pray with us about that. So we're looking at trying to move 24 containers to missionaries around the world. I don't even know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And people need the Bible. They need God's Word, and they need it in their language. And so uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing to try to reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, and this is just just as wide open as I can be, I've seen God do so many wonderful things. There have been many times when I've prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. But when we pray and ask God for these projects to get done, it's amazing how he supplies. I just put out the other day, we needed $14,000, uh, I'm sorry, $12,000 to move. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Uh, but uh, $12,000 to get a container to Honduras. A man, the missionary called me and said, somebody's going to be calling you, and uh, they're going to give you the money. I think he's in the mafia, but, no, I'm kidding you. But uh, So he called me, the pastor, of somewhere I think up in, o- in Ohio or New Hampshire, somewhere up there, and he said to me, he said, uh, we talked a little bit. He said, well, we have designated $14,000 for that container. God supplied. And so we're moving that out. Just, we've got the money already. We're just waiting until uh, the uh, we get our booking, and that should be uh, hopefully very, very soon. And uh, so I'm hoping by March the 14th we can get that one out. And then just another one. Uh, To the Philippines, we're trying to get out to Rick Martin. I don't know if you know that name, but Brother Rick Martin's been real faithful for many years in the Philippines. And uh, we've shipped him several containers, and they have a massive ministry all around the Philippines, and they just church after church after church. Uh, A container in Honduras um, just arrived a week ago. I've got pictures of them unloading them. They've already passed them out. They have freedom to go into the public schools there. Uh, They have freedom to go into the jails, to the military bases. All of these places are wide open. And so they'll have a church service with them, give them all John and Romans, or give them them a Bible. And uh, it's just a powerful thing. And so I want to thank the Lord for that. We get our Bibles mainly uh, from a couple different places, but our home church in Tennessee in Oliver Springs, Tennessee, Mount Pisgah Baptist Church, somebody was reading, I watched your show, Your show that was weird. I watched your service the other day. Sometimes it's a show, right? <laughs> Depends on what's going on, right? Uh, but uh, I watched your service, and someone read, but that name of that church is Mount Pisgah, so just you get that, so now you know. But uh, it, it is such a blessing, and I want to thank you for reading our prayer letter. There, we just started doing that at our church on Wednesday nights, reading prayer letters. I think that's important. One of the things I love about being an independent Baptist, that's what I am, I love this. I love the fact that we get to know our missionaries. We can see them personally. We can, I don't know if y'all vote on them. We vote at our church, but whatever y'all do is your business. But we get to actually see our missionaries and get to know them. We've got missionaries coming in this Sunday, and uh, we're going to see them. We're going to talk to them. We're going to... Pet the kids on the head. You know, we're going to know them, and we're going to see what God's going to do in their life. And so uh, that's exciting. So thank you, Pastor, for letting me be here. Now, I asked Pastor to do this. I hope you're okay with it. Uh, I, my wife thinks that I take over too much all the time wherever I go, so forgive me for that. And my people are laughing right now. But uh, I'd like to sing a song with you if that's all right. And I even brought my guitar. And it uh, depends on what part of Georgia are from. It might be a guitar. I don't know. But I brought my guitar. And so I want to sing the old rugged cross. Is that all right? So go to 327. Let
0: me get my guitar.
1: Uh, Probably (laughs) I'll be back, but at least we could sing a song together, okay? And uh, that that'll be good. Let's see if we can get together here. Yeah, if it's 327, 327. Y'all know that song? I didn't know if that was a new one for you. <laughs> just kidding. Let's stand if you're able to stand. If you're, Is that okay, preacher? And uh, let's just sing this song. 327, you got it there? And uh,
3: just sing with me. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down And I will cling To the old rugged cross. And exchanged it someday for a crown. Oh, the old rugged cross. So despised by the world. Has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glories above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. In the old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down and I will cling To the old rugged cross... And exchange it someday for a crown... To the old rugged cross... I will ever be true... Its shame and reproach gladly bear... Then he'll call me someday... To my home far away, where His glory forever I'll share. And so I'll cherish the old rugged cross, till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. And exchange it someday for a crown. I will cling and I will cling to the old rugged cross. And exchange it someday for a crown.
1: Amen. Thank you for doing that. You can be seated. And uh, Brother Ed Wolf, does that ring a bell? Do you know Ed Wolf? Well, he used to come here years ago, and he said that uh, he came here when he was a teenager. And he said he, this church helped him so much while he was a teenager. And he told me, he said, now, now I wasn't a good teenager, but that was a good church. <laughs> I think that's great. So what a testimony. What a blessing. Very good. You got your Bibles there? Let's go to the book of John this evening. Let me get everything straightened out here. And let's go to John chapter 6. Is it on? There you go. I'm, I'm. Now I will give you a fair warning, my friend in the back. I, I preach a little louder than some preachers preach. My people are laughing, and uh, so you might need to turn me down when things get a little hot. All right. <laughs> And uh, we'll, we'll do that. But Brother Springer, thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to be here once again. You got your Bibles there? Now, we do this at our church if it's okay with you. I know you're sitting, but would you stand with me, please? And let's read a few verses together. John chapter 6, and I want to read with you, beginning in verse number 1 of John chapter 6. I love the Word of God, and I want it, I want it to make me what I ought to be for the glory of God. And I'm praying that the Lord will do this. We're reading the 19th recorded miracle of our Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 6. There were more miracles that Jesus performed, but these that are recorded here, this is the 19th. Something's going to happen here that all Baptist people ought to be happy about. They're going to have a meal. I'm sure that uh, the five loaves and two fishes here really are fried chicken and mashed potatoes and green beans. I'm sure of that. But I want to read to you, starting in verse number 1, and let me make this statement to you. that God has a worldwide work for us to do. But He uses individuals to do His worldwide work. Oftentimes we get the idea that I'm off the hook because I gave a little money in the offering plate. But Jesus said, Go ye into all the world. God wants us to be involved in world evangelism. But He's going to use individuals to do His work. The Bible says in John chapter 6 beginning in verse number 1, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed Him because they saw His miracles which He did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread, is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when He had given thanks, He distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, He said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet, that should come into the world. I want to draw your attention to what the Lord says here in this passage of Scripture. The Lord says in verse number 5, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And then verse number 6, He said, He Himself knew what He would do. Now, as you look at this passage of Scripture, I want you to get this in your... Give, give your attention to this this evening. I want you to think of this statement. One is more than enough. One is more than enough. Can we pray together? Our Father, we need Your help tonight. This is truth from Your Word. I've opened up the precious book. Thank You that we have it in our language, and thank You that is eternal and fallible. We don't have to wonder. We know this is your word. God, tonight I want to be a blessing to your people. I don't want to waste anybody's time. God, I need your power. I need your wisdom. You know what I've already dealt with today. You know what all of us have dealt with today. I want to thank you for your people taking a few minutes of their time and coming to church tonight and, and being a part of this service. I pray that it will be a blessing as we leave here that we would say it's been good to be in, with God's people in the house of the Lord. Thank you for Pastor. I pray you continue to bless he and his family and watch over them and their health and watch over this church. Thank you that they're involved in evangelism around the world through scriptures and joy bags and other missionaries that they support. What a blessing. Lead us and guide us. Help us to realize our labor is never in vain in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I need to set the scene so we understand where we're at in this passage of scripture. John the Baptist had been beheaded by Herod. And this, of course, being one of the Lord's family members, this no doubt was a a heartbreaking event that took place. And uh, as you read, you're going to find that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels tell this story of the feeding of the 5,000. And just before this, John is beheaded. And you're going to also find out that this is the only miracle that Jesus performed That's in all four gospels. The Lord Jesus tells his disciples, I want you to come out, come apart, and let's let's rest a little while. How many know sometimes bad news can just drain you? I mean, it can just wear you out. And that's where they're at in this passage of Scripture. They're wore out. And uh, John tells us here that uh, they are uh, over the Sea of Tiberias. This is that Sea of Galilee uh, up on the northern part where uh, the Lord Jesus uh, made his headquarters. Capernaum is there. Other places that we know, Nazareth is close to there. These are common names, but here the Sea of Galilee, about 14 miles uh, uh, long and 9 miles wide, and the Lord comes across that sea to try to find some rest, and there He finds a, a grassy plain, an area. They, he calls it a mountain, and He goes up in the mountain with His disciples, and He sits down, and watch this, a group of people follow Him. The Bible says they followed Him because of His miracles. I found out in life sometimes people follow the Lord because of what, they, what He can do for them and not what they can do for Him. Now that's okay, that's a start, but that's not the best motivation. The truth of the matter is we, when you get saved, you find out we do, we do like Paul the Apostle eventually. Lord, what will thou have me to do? Where do, you, where do I fit in this puzzle? Where do I fit in your plan? And so they are all standing there and Jesus says something to them. He says, I want you to feed them. Why? He didn't just ask the crowd, though He asks the disciples. He, he, he hones in on Philip. You ever wondered why He honed in on Philip? I'm going to get that in just a little moment. But as I think about this passage, I think about this. Someone said one time, one is not a big enough number for greatness, to achieve greatness. And I think that I understand what they're saying. But I can tell you that when you have the Lord, you're always in the majority. Always. And the Bible tells us that with God nothing is impossible and He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we've asked or think. So just remember this, if you're ever going to serve God, the strength that you need to serve God and the power and that unction that you need to do something for God, it doesn't come from you, it ought to come from God. Because watch this now, whatever you get out of it, if you did it, that's as far as it would ever go. But don't you want to see God do great things? This is a miracle of multiplication. It's not just one man feeding, and oftentimes we give attention to the little boy, and that's good. I think it's wonderful to give attention to the little boy with the little lunch with a big Lord. Amen? I think it's great. But I want to give attention to some others in this passage of Scripture. I said to you, one is more than enough when you have the right one. How many know the Bible says the Lord Jesus said He'll supply all of our needs according to His riches in glory. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The lie of the devil is that you're all alone. That's not true. You're never alone. God loves to take our weakness, watch this, and demonstrate His power through our weakness. Do you know that's true? 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 12 says this. God said, My grace is sufficient for thee. So Paul would say, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. One is more than enough when you have God. I want you to hear that. You're not alone on that job. (laughs) You're not alone in that doctor's office. You're not alone in your circumstances. One is more than enough. My wife and I have struggled through some issues, and uh, as Brother Springer and I were talking just a moment ago, I said, Pastor Springer just a moment ago, I asked him how old he was. He said he was 27. <laughs> I asked him how old he was. He told me his age, and I'm his age. And uh, it's amazing that I told, him, I told him the things that used to be funny to me 20 years ago, physically, health-wise, I said, they're not funny anymore. I have parts on my body that hurt I didn't even know I had. How many know what I'm talking about? It's an amazing thing. And we're getting to that place in our lives and uh, it's crazy. But my wife and I have gone through some things. And when COVID hit, they, they told me that I, I, uh, I had cancer. And I had to have a ma- two major surgeries. Just on and on it went. I had chemotherapy and all that. And when I had that first major surgery to, to remove the cancer, uh, I, I was there in that hospital. And, and someone would say, there he is all alone. They wouldn't let my wife into the room. They wouldn't let anybody in the room. But I want you to hear me, my friends. You don't know me and I don't know you. But I'm going to tell you this. If you know Jesus, you'll understand what I'm about to say. I was never alone in that room. I was never alone, never alone. There was a grace that I experienced that I'd never. The things I preached it about became real that that week. Oh, my dear friend, I haven't always had that. I wish I had. But when God showed up in that room, I'm not talking about, I didn't see Jesus. I didn't, I didn't have a vision, anything like that. It didn't matter. I didn't need all those things. I knew He was in that room. One is always more than enough. I want to talk to you this evening just for a few moments about, just give you three statements to think about in this passage. First of all, I want to talk to you about one man's compassion. If you look, please take your Bibles and go to the book of Mark, if you don't mind. And let's read a few verses. Same story, but it's a, a, a different uh, side of it. This is Mark's side of the story. And he gives some insight into what the, what is going on. He talks about John the Baptist, as I've mentioned, being beheaded. And Jesus says in verse 31 of John chapter, Mark chapter 6, he says, Come ye uh, yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. He says, uh, For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure, so much as to eat. So... Giant crowds. If you've ever dealt with lots of people at the same time, you know you can be wore out quickly, and so they're tired. And they were departing. The Bible says, and they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Then verse number thirty-three. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him and ran afoot thither out of all cities. And watch this. Out and out went them, and came. Together unto him, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. Why was he moved with compassion toward them? And let me just stop and say this to you. One of the greatest battles we face in our own hearts is to stay compassionate toward people. Because people make you, excuse me, people can make you sick real quick, say amen. I mean, they can bother you, can't they? God said Jesus was moved with compassion. What is compassion? It is having their hurt in your heart. It is carrying their problem in your heart. Sometimes we can't do anything about it, but we carry that in our heart. And God said that Jesus was moved with compassion. And why was He moved with compassion? And I think this is is one of the greatest reasons why we should all be moved with compassion. He says they were as sheep having no shepherd. Now get in your mind. Thousands of people all around, and they're hungry, and uh, they have need. And the Bible says that Jesus did not see them as hungry stomachs. He saw them as sheep not having shepherds. They needed someone to direct them. How many of you know you can feed a man And still, if he doesn't know Christ as his Savior, he still dies and goes to hell. Everybody needs a shepherd. Say amen. Everybody needs the Lord. Everybody does. There's no exception to that. No one will get to heaven and say, Well, I didn't need him. Jesus reminds us that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And everybody we meet, everyone we meet, needs to know the compassion and the love of God Almighty. How many know you're saved? Would you say amen? If you know you're saved, aren't you glad He showed compassion on you? Let's be honest for a moment. Some of us in this room were hell bound. We were about to bust hell wide open. And we know it. Some of us were drunks and some of us were a mess. And some of our lives were wrecked and ruined. But Jesus showed up in compassion. Hallelujah! What a Savior. And He gave us an opportunity to come to Christ. We ask Him by faith to forgive our sin and repent of our sin and turn to Jesus Christ for salvation. That's repentance and, and that's uh, the compassion that God offers to mankind. And I want to say thank God for His compassion. He was moved with compassion. And the Bible says in Jude, we ought to have compassion. Some, some have compassion making a difference. You have compassion. One man's compassion changed everything in, in the hearts and lives of the disciples and 5,000 people. You see, it's, the disciples had no compassion here. Watch this. Notice if you would, please. This sounds like me. If I was one of the disciples, which my name is Thomas, but I wasn't there. Verse 35, the Bible says, And when the day was now far spent, I mean, it's evening, They're wore out, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place. This is a desert place. And now the time is far past. Look at verse number 36. Send them away. All right. It's been fun. Had a big crowd. What a great thing. We saw Jesus did some great heals, and uh, great miracles were performed. And uh, we crossed over the sea. All right. Let's send them on home now. Send them away. But Jesus said in John chapter 6, I want you to feed them. I want you to feed them. And here he talks about the same thing. Send them away that we may go into a, they may go into a country. Verse number 36 of Mark chapter number 6. Into a village and buy themselves bread that they may... Uh, see, for they have nothing to eat. And watch this. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. Now let me get to the point because I'm going to honor Pastor. He told me uh, what time he tries to get finished. I'm going to try to do my best to honor that. I, I want to do that. So that's one man's compassion. I'm going to give you just a few moments of this. There's one man's lesson here. Philip? Philip? How are we going to do this? Now, we read earlier, Jesus already said in his heart, I know what I'm going to do. I already know what I'm going to do. (laughs) How many are glad when we don't know what's going on, God always does, amen? I mean, when we're coming unraveled, he's still in control, amen? When we're falling apart, he's not, amen? He always has a plan. And Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. They're going to be fed, but isn't it amazing? I love the, I absolutely love the intelligence of our Lord. Of course, being God, all intelligent, but I'm just trying to say, watch this. In the midst of this total crisis, when the sun is going down, people are hungry. They don't have motel rooms. There'll be no food for them. There'll be no dinner for them. And all of this crowd is all around. And watch this now. Jesus said, Philip. And I believe with all my heart. Here's why he spoke to Philip, because Philip he knew what Philip would say. See, Philip began to answer. Watch this in human terms. Do you hear how ridiculous his answer is? Oh, a two hundred pennyworth couldn't pay for this. You know, a, a penny a day was an average wage. We know that John, Mark, chapter excuse me Matthew chapter twenty, Jesus talked about going in the vineyard and they would pay them a penny a day and they agreed to that. So a penny a day was their wages. Well, watch this. He said 200 pennies, almost a whole year's wages couldn't feed this crowd. Now get this, he's talking to Philip. Do you hear how utterly ridiculous that is? Let me help you to show you how utterly ridiculous this is. Here's how utterly ridiculous this is. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he is co-equal with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the one who spoke the worlds into existence. That same God is standing right there in front of him. And Philip's trying to figure it all out. See, the point I'm trying to make is Philip should have said, God, it is impossible, but not with you. That's the point. That's the point. That's the point. How are you all these little John and Romans going to go around the world and reach people with the gospel? It's just paper. But when God gets behind it, it becomes something so mighty. They tell us that sometimes in certain countries that seven people will read one of those John and Romans. Your labor is not in vain. We can't afford it. You can't afford not to serve God. You can't afford not to be involved in world evangelism. When we get to heaven, God's never going to say, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you didn't have enough. This means say, man, when I bend my ear, I know i got to teach you a little bit. I do that at my church. They don't pay no attention either. But I know it's a little tiny thing. But just look at it. You know, when I, I may go like this to help you a little bit. Oh, listen, friends. You can't ever outgive God. You can't ever outwork God. God's got it all. That's the whole point of this whole passage of scripture. That God is not. Listen, five loaves and two fishes is nothing. That's right. But when Jesus is standing there, it's a meal for five thousand. One little John of Romans. One little joy bag. One little. Bible is nothing in the world's eyes but when Jesus gets a hold of it it might be in the hands of some future D.L. Moody or a Charles Spurgeon or some other great preacher or some great lady of God that will be saved because she heard the message and she read the message and he read the message in the, in the word of God and hundreds of people come to Christ all because of a church like your church who got involved in world evangelism and said we're not much but he's everything and it might be a little piece of paper to us and it might be a little extra time on us. It might be a little bit of money on us. But God can take all of that and He can multiply it. i got to show you one more thing. That's one man's lesson. Philip, you've got to understand something. As long as you got me, not me, Jesus, as long as you got Jesus, you'll be okay. It'll be all right. My wife, I'm going to tell on her because we're not at our church. But my wife is the warrior of the family. <clears throat> and she's the organizer of the family, and uh, I'm grateful for that. We've had amazing vacations, and we've had amazing times together because she organizes the money and all this kind of stuff. I'm the big picture guy in the family. Does anybody? Can anybody relate to the big picture guy? Like one person? Come on. How about? Is it most people relate to the to the to the organized worried person? Can you relate to that person? Okay. So some of you are not raising your hand for anything. You're dead or asleep or something. What's going on? I'm going to get two more minutes out of you, I think. But watch this. She, she's like that, and she organizes, and she does such a great job. And I would never, and she told me one time, she said, why don't you organize a vacation? And she said it just like that. No, she didn't. And I said, nope. She said, why don't you do that? I said, nope. She said, why? I said, two reasons. Number one, quick as I organize it, you're going to change it. And secondly, <laughs> Got one honest guy here. I'm going to ruin your church, preacher. I better stop talking. But watch this. I, I said, no, 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 Number one reason is because you're going to change it. But the second reason is you do such a good job. Why should I reinvent the wheel? You do a great job. That's, that's your thing. And so I don't touch it. And boy, she's done some great things. But along with that, sometimes, and we've talked about it, we'll be at Direct Line Ministry, and I'll get a phone call, and a missionary says, Brother, every accent I have is an Indian accent, but this guy's not Indian. He's from Honduras, okay? So <laughs> he said, Brother, I need some Bibles. I don't know. Did that sound good? And uh, how many do you need? I need a whole truckload. What do you mean you need a whole truck? Do you understand that's about $65,000 plus $10,000 to ship it? And uh, God just begins to touch my heart and says, Hey, this is what you're doing. <laughs> If God doesn't have $65,000, we ought to go home. Don't be mad at me for this, but you know where it's at? It's in your pocket. <laughs> it's in my pocket. Yeah. And so I begin to, we began to pray. My, I told so my wife, I said, we're going to do this project, and here's what she'll say. She'll say, where are you going to get the money? And she could stand up and tell you right now, most every time I say, I don't know, but God's got it. Won't belong to a week or so. I had an old-fashioned Pentecostal shouting Baptist Presbyterian. I don't know if they shout, but I had an exciting time. A guy called me. I told him, he was asking me, What do you need? What do you need, this old country boy from Tennessee? What do you need? I said, Well, I'll tell you what I need. I need I need enough money for three containers. He said, Well, let me think about that. I said, All right, that'd be great. He, that that was him spitting, not me. And uh, so he, I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. And so he, so he he called me back about 10 minutes. He said, our church wants to cover all three of those containers. I ran around there. I, I ran around that little that little warehouse, not a little one, 35,000 square feet. That was a long run. I had to quit after a while. now I ran around there saying, glory to God. God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. I said, God's got it. He just takes care of it. So your labor is not in vain. You say, I just put a dollar in or I just did this little promise of for $10 a month or a week or whatever. You know, and, and we can do more, whatever. No. No, God can take that in Malta. Are you listening? You see, this is not preacher talk. I've seen it. It's amazing. Now, Pastor, I said something I want to finish. And I tell you, I want you to hear me say it again. I, pr- I promise you, i prayed a lot of prayers that didn't get answered. But when I pray in God's will for God's work, I'm telling you, I see God do it over and over. And over. It's am- I don't understand it. Except that he, He's in it. Amen? So I want my prayers answered, so I pray for what He wants. <laughs> Amen. Let me give you one more thing. Watch this. you got to see this. It's just now 5 till 10. And uh, i just kidding. <laughs> there's one man's compassion, one man's, dis- one disciple's lesson. But there's then, watch this. There's one basket per disciple. You see, this is an amazing story. There was just this little boy who gave a lunch. Thank you, little boy, for doing that. But that's not the end of the story. The boy's lunch became a multitude of fishes and bread to feed all these people. we read that. Now get a hold of this. Jesus prayed and gave thanks to God, which is quite an amazing thought in itself. And then he hands it. I don't know if it was in the little bag. I don't know how he did it. But the Bible says, watch this, there were 12 baskets left over. How many disciples were there? Maybe God was teaching all of them, if you'll do what I tell you to do, there'll be plenty enough left over. That's the way the Lord works. You, I, I, it's amazing how the Lord works. I'm not asking you to give money. If you give yourself, he'll have your money. I've never, I don't ask people to do that. I ask them to give themselves. So here's, here's what I want to show you. Watch this. You've got to see this lesson. This is a great lesson. Christ ought to be the center or the hub of our life. And these disciples were like spokes coming out of the hub. Now I want you to see what happened. Philip, I don't know where he got the basket, but they all have baskets. And so they began to take these baskets. Watch this. They go out, and then they distribute. And then they go back. Who do they go back to? You read it. Who do they go back to? Come on, who did they go back to? Yeah, yeah, they went back to Jesus. And then he he got more, and then what did he do? He went back out, right? Watch this now. When he got empty, man, I'm hurrying. I'm trying to hurry. Watch this. He had to turn around in faith and say, what I just got, I'll get again, because there's more to do. So he went back to Jesus, and he got more, I want you to see Jesus looking in Philip's eyes. I don't know, it's not in the Bible. Let me use my unsanctified imagination. But I imagine Jesus just went. Every time he went back. Philip, you don't need 200 pennies. You just need me. Oh, if we had a a millionaire in our church, we'd give thousands of dollars to missions. No, 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 no. You just need the Lord. Amen? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all the way of ask or think. I'm finished. I just want to show you that. Every time I had to go back. And I wonder how many times before Philip broke, said, okay, God, I get it. This is about you. It's not about me. You'll give me the strength to raise these kids. I want to kill them. You'll help me with these grandbabies. Amen. You'll help me with this class, whatever the case. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for an opportunity to stand and preach your word. I never have earned it or deserve it. But I know in my heart that this truth is so true. I've seen you do these things. I've watched you take care of things that I could never dream of doing on my own. I couldn't keep any of it. It all went to pay the bills. all went to take care of different things. In a good church like this, a great church like this, perhaps I'm just here to remind, I wondered why I need to preach this one. Maybe just be reminded again, hey, hey, just keep going to Jesus. Make that path to Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed just for a moment. Let me ask you a question, Pastor. I'll have you come in just a moment, if if it's okay. I don't know how you all do things here, but let me just ask this one question. If you know you're saved, if you died today, you'd go to heaven. You know what you've done to be saved. You've done what the Bible says to be saved. You know you're saved, born again, 100% sure. Would you say amen tonight? It's good to be saved. Maybe you're not saved tonight. I don't know how you do it here, but I'll let the preacher decide all of that. But I'd love to talk to you or someone else would love to talk to you about that. Get that settled. Don't play with your salvation. Don't play with eternity. Now let me ask the Christians this. Here's the question. Do you have a path to Jesus? Lord, I need you again. This kid's about to drive me crazy. Lord, my job, I'm about to go nuts on my... Lord, I need you again. Do you have a path to Jesus? Are you getting from Him what you can get to help others? What's interesting about this whole story, there's so many things, but those disciples didn't get to sit down and eat lunch until it was over. They had to walk around and watch this. Everybody saw their faith, but they had to admit, it wasn't me giving you food, it was Jesus. Do you see that? Wow. you have a path? How many say, Preacher, as you were preaching a message, I, I see that in my heart and I'm praying that I don't let any weeds grow up on my path. I maybe let some things get in between me and the Lord and I want God to help me tonight. Would you just say, would you pray for me, Preacher? I won't embarrass you, I won't come to you, but... Pray for me, preacher. I, I've let my path grow up with some weeds and some grass, and I, I need to get back to Jesus for strength and help again. Would you lift your hand, hold it high? Maybe God is helping you. May God help you this evening. Let the Lord have his way tonight. Just obey him. May God help us. Father, it was an honor to stand in front of this precious group of people and Pastor's pulpit. I want to thank you for it. I hope I've been a help. I pray that you'd bless tonight. Thank you for this dear church who love direct line ministry and more importantly, they love you and we get to be a part of that great love. Thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Preacher.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Green. Uh, What a great message and um, I know it spoke to your heart as uh, it did mine and uh, let me say this as a. As I often do, um, especially on Wednesday nights or or, or Sunday nights, um, if you ever have any questions or you're you're not sure about your salvation, there are people in this church uh, that love you and um, want want to help you in any way possible. And uh, if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to to stop somebody and say, hey, uh, would you pray for me about, and whatever that might be, um, because they would definitely... Uh, love to pray for you uh, certainly appreciate you being with us in the services don't forget uh, coming up on uh, a Sunday morning uh, Sunday school uh, nine o'clock Sunday morning service at 10 and uh, we'll look forward to uh, looking into the word of God once again and uh, again keep um, keep all those that are that are going through uh, just rough times and um, uh, as I just it's it's stuck with me ever since brother Larry has said it Uh, but going through deep waters, and there's quite a few people going through some deep waters here in our church, and and so continue to remember them to the Lord in prayer throughout the week, and I know that they certainly um, uh, desire it and appreciate it as well. Uh, God bless you, good to see you, and we will see you on Sunday.